Hey everybody, welcome back to a whole new episode of 22 Minutes. I'm Sean Patrick and I'm here with... Karen Mills Austin. It's a new week, how are you doing? I'm, and I have to say it this way because I just heard it, I'm great, grand and glorious, as we all are, when we catch that. Yes. You know, I, yeah, I love. I know that when I ask you that question, I'm going to get one of two responses. Maybe this lends itself <laughs> to the question. We're going to get great, grand, and glorious, or we're going to get, I'm processing. And I, and I love both of them yes. things, by the way. Yes, <laughs> yes. I love both of because them this is what I know. Either I'm remembering that I'm one with this presence, or I'm not. The processing that I'm going through is when I forget, and I'm remembering. Yeah. And when I'm saying that I'm great, grand, and glorious, I'm remembering right now that that's the truth of my beingness, and I love that. That's this presence and this power speaking through me. I feel it right now, and I'm grateful for it. And I'm going to add, when you say or when I say I'm processing, that's also a that's also a reverence to the human experience, which which yes. we're here for. So. It's, yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's it's all good. That that's that's it. My really point. is. Yeah. It really is. And um, I don't want to sound like I'm airy fairy, because I do move through my stuff. <laughs> I move through it. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm at a point in my life where I know that it's time for me to take some time on my own to be on a, on my own and to move through that stuff that is coming through me because I can feel it. And it's, and it's wonderful. So I, I just experienced that maybe Friday night, which was a short amount of time, and, and it was wonderful. So I feel expansive right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, good, good. Well, perfect time to jump into this question. Today we are looking at two arts, which may or may not be uh, lost or practiced the best they could be. Karen, what is today's question? Speak or listen? I love both of these things. And yes. I continue to learn. Uh, I continue to learn the balance between them. How about you? Yes, I do too. Um, I want to I wanna give you about three quotes that I found. This first quote I first heard from... Judge Judy, um, but it's um, it, it was someone two thousand years ago said it, and this is what she said, and I think he said, "We have two ears and one mouth, mm. so that we can listen twice as much as we speak." And then here's something from Eugene O'Neill: God gave us mouths that close and ears that don't. Uh, that should t- that should tell us something he says, and then finally, from the Bible, James one nineteen says, "Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak." I love all of these quotes. I think you've answered <laughs> yes. the question. We can wrap up. You know, this is a <laughs> this is a, this is a time breaker. We have not. We're not doing twenty two minutes today. We're doing. We're doing four minutes. <laughs> Um, I love this because the first thing that came to mind when when you said this was the question we were going to do, I remember having this conversation years ago, 15 years ago, where I was speaking to a friend who had a spiritual practice about um, 
the difference in prayer and meditation, and she compared it to speaking and listening. And I always loved that, knowing that in any relationship there's a time to speak and a time to listen. Mm. Same with the relationship with God or the universe, there's a time to speak and a time to listen. What I've never put down is what is what is that balance? Because I never felt like it was correct to think it was 50-50. So right. I'm gonna run with I'm gonna <laughs> run with 75-25. No, is that how it is? No, it's 66-33. I, I, I love a rule. And and yeah, and, and that is not and that is not of God. <laughs> so I, I, I like what yeah. Um tr- you know, spend twice as much time listening. I uh, I think that's really powerful. Yes. Do you believe you spend twice as much time listening? Well, you know, as I have spiritually matured, I have found that it is so important for me to listen as much as I can, as much as I can. Um, And I have observed different people in meetings, and when I observe the ones that are thoughtful and wanting to really hear what other people are saying, these are people that are listening more. They keep their mouths closed. Mm-hmm. They are. They want to hear this presence and this power speaking through these individuals. And as they are hearing that, they get to hear it, uh, hear that word spoken through themselves. So I do. And I have to tell you, this is my growing edge. It's my growing edge. Um, I remember when I was in practitioner studies, and we would go around the circle. Everybody had to contribute. And I remember remember knowing that nobody was listening to what anybody else was saying. They were um, putting together what they were going to say when they were called upon. My practice now is to listen to what everybody is saying, hearing the question that is posed, and then listening. And when it comes to my turn to speak, that I allow the rhythm and the flow of God to express through me. And it's perfect whatever comes out. I find this also interesting if I think about the trajectory of my life or some of the you know, um, concepts and ideas that I, that I took on board. I think it's to do with the time and space that we, that we live in. But if I think back to, I think back to, you know, my teens and twenties, um, grew up in the nineties. It was very much a me, me, me time. I was just thinking this recently, everybody, every one of my generation at some point got the message and Hey, maybe it was happening long before, maybe this happened with everybody, but somewhere along the line, we got the message that we, as in our individual self confined in where our skin ends, uh, is our own individual project and our most important project. And what that does is I think it develops neuroses because you become, I mean, we've seen this on 90s TV, which you look back at and you cringe, (laughs) but it's like a dilemma is what hair conditioner should I use? And that became like the ridiculous, um, melancholy questions of a dissatisfied privileged teenager uh, including including me i'm not i'm not cutting myself out of that what mm-hmm. it what what that means to me when it comes to this idea of speak or listen is we put so much more emphasis on what we've got to say or the words that we yes. fill a space with than the 
the than the filling of the space just through holding the space. Yes. And I went to drama school on top of all of that. Look at me now, I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I went to drama school on top of all of that. And my quick point is, I used to look at people who were the most loud, the people that would absolutely command and take over a room. And I would think, wow, they must go, I bet they're going to go into the world and just take it over. They're just so empowered. And uh, coming to see that actually there's a lot to be said for the person who listens. And yes. 10 years down the line, looking at different career paths or what people have ended up doing, uh, it's always awesome to see how the people who weren't them ones who completely dominated a space getting on really well in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really believe that when we are listening we're listening to the still small voice uh, within ourselves and with the, within others. Um, because remember, when we're listening, and we're listening because we have this practice of, of meditation, perhaps, we get to we get to listen with the ear behind the ear, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're listening to. The idea is to begin to honor this presence and this power that wants to express through us fully. And as we're listening to it and we're saying yes to it, because it's not enough to simply listen to it. It's, I believe that we listen and we say yes to it. We listen and we are guided and directed. We listen and we obey it because it's give, we want to honor it. So as we're listening to the still small voice within ourselves, we also know that when people speak to us, we get to honor that voice because there is something for us. There's something for us right there. And it's, it's beautiful. I will never forget doing a lot of work in, or service in the, in the hand-to-hand ministry at Agape, where we were feeding the unhoused. And I went there initially thinking that there was, I was here, I was serving, that these people had nothing to give me. (laughs) After I um, moved from that ministry after two and a half years, I realized that because I was listening to these individuals with these powerful stories, with these kind words, with the brilliance that was always that always met me as I was there on Saturdays I uh, I listen at a deeper level so there can be an appearance of someone and there is there can be a message right there in that person that we have to hear that we can only get through them that's the power of listening this reminds me of an incredible quote by Marianne Williamson, it's not even a quote, it's something I once heard her say at one of her lectures, but she speaks about if you're so closed off and in your own your own personal story of drama, what's next, what I was saying, like we we came up with this idea that, you know, our, our individual self was our, was our main project and this neuroses that we can be in, you could sit down next to somebody at a coffee shop or a bar or on a plane 
Um, but you're so wrapped up in this project of yourself that you don't even welcome in or hear what they could possibly yes. be saying. And for all you know, and this is the way she phrases it, which I love, that person could have had the entire universe to give you. That's right. And I just, the way that was worded always spoke to me. And it was like, oh my gosh, we, we, we have come up in this time of it being about me, me, me. And actually, if you want to have that experience of the entire universe, you need to look out on all the other things, beings, people, information here. Otherwise, you're just in this very uninspiring single lane. That's the best way I can say it today. Yes, because it is about we. We mm -hmm. get to come together knowing that we are, we are all one, really. We, when we meet someone knowing that there is no separation, knowing I am what thou art, thou art what I am, that when I see someone, I see me, when I see someone, I see the power and the presence, how wonderful it is to know in that unified field of awareness that we get to, we get to, receive we get to re we get to give and we get to receive from anybody and everyone i love that lean into we and i know i and i also it's a reason why i love the work we do through our through our publishing company tgh the good house because i know when i'd been working with other publishers 10 10 7 10 years ago uh, there was someone who actively edited my the first draft of my book and they took out anywhere i'd said we because they said, no, 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 it's not about we, it's about you are the teacher and, and mm. you know, you, it was me and them. And I hope that that has progressed in, in all publishing houses now. But that was, yeah. that was a huge flag I always flew when, when I started helping people write their book. It was saying, no, you need to write this from a place of we because we're, we're, we're sat in a circle. We're not, we're not doing stage and audience through, yes. through a yes, book. And yes. I always appreciate it. I always, I was grateful for that information because it showed me, it showed me something I didn't want to do. Yeah. And you know, we can always learn from one another. That's, the, mm -hmm. that's the point right there. We are always a teacher or a student, whether we know it or not. Yeah. And when I teach, I get to remember that I will never um, forget there is a student in one of our practitioner classes that was so brilliant that I decided that it was my mission to be even more open and available so that I could um, be willing to learn from this particular student. So I yeah. set an intention and I actually taught from that perspective because I wanted to be transparent with the students that they, no matter what roles we had in class, that we always have an opportunity to grow and expand, always. So um, I love this, um, where we have, where we're going with this speaking and, and listening, um, because uh, we have landed at this place where we get to speak from the we, we get yeah. to include, we get to remember that there's no separation, we get to listen deeply to the still small voice and through individuals 
um, individually and collectively. I, I think that that's quite brilliant. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> because there because there 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 is a time to speak. Like I know that we are showing. Um, preference to, to listening and I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning we have two ears and one mouth and I'm sure mm -hmm. I've heard that before but I'm really hearing it today and yes. you know there is a time to speak there is not a uh, there is nothing holy I'll use the word holy um, in, in not using your voice in not expressing your gifts and talents in not um, saying something that needs to be said but I always think about the uh, the role of a of a talk show host because I love because I love a talk show. Uh, even though it is called thinking back to oh I love when the pieces start to click together in my brain. Thinking back to what <laughs> I said about our individual project. If you think of something like the Oprah Winfrey show, it is called the Oprah Winfrey show. Her face is on it, her name is on it, but she's not the one providing what makes that show so rich. It's the people that come and Oprah or insert talk show host asks the questions and listens. And I believe that is so many talk shows come and go. Yes. And there's a reason why some stick around for so long. It's actively, you're not, and what is that phrase? The problem is, it goes something like, the problem is we don't listen to hear, we listen to respond. And if you want to watch some great interviewing on TV, it's someone who listens to hear, not to respond. And yes, that yes, is, yes, yes. And we are our own talk show. We know our face is on the poster, our name is on the cover. But still, <laughs> knowing that our role within it all is actually 40 percent of the puzzle, that is that that is powerful. And it also takes away a lot of neuroses. Yeah, it does. And I love the point that you're making because I decided a long time ago there are individuals that can interview and there are individuals who are not really good at it. So the individuals like Oprah who can interview, I th I'm thinking about Barbara Walters as well, they are doing active listening. Mm -hmm. They may have a list of questions that they are going to ask, but they're not... Um, just ticking off those questions. They are actually um, listening to what the interviewee is saying, and they pile in those the questions, the next, because there, there gets to be some interest in everything that is there. Uh, and then there are others that don't um, practice active listening when they are interviewing because they have a list of questions and they just have to run through them and that's that doesn't that doesn't provide the the juiciness that can come from well, a great interview it doesn't and also to add another layer into that um not just about the list of questions to get through they're not actually interested in that person the right. interview is right. more of a platform for mm -hmm. for them to have a spotlight and don't we all know that when we're chatting with someone and it's it's an interaction but <laughs> it's it's you know you're part of someone else's monologue or yes and that is just wholly um unpleasant and they're the kind of people you walk away from and think oh my gosh I'm, I'm gonna have to um you know next time that they call and they want to do something you find yourself looking for reasons that that, that you don't want to right. so i do yes. think yeah be um yeah be 
Yeah, be a talk show, be a talk show host. I don't understand for anyone you're with, give them the floor. And that is such a spiritual mm-hmm. lesson as well, because I don't like to quote the Course in Miracles all that often. It's a text that I still figuring my way around, but uh, it says, you know, only what we're not giving can be lacking in any situation. So to oh, yeah. give and get like to keep giving other people the floor in your interactions, yes. you'll be yes. surprised at how much opportunity you have to to have the floor. And yeah. that is true reporosity. Um, is that the word? Reporosity? I'm going to say it that way I know today what you, anyway. I know what you, you want to I mean. say, but I'm going to say yeah, yeah, absolutely. And mm. I'm remembering a book that John gave me called Conversationally Speaking. I used to be someone when I was in my, oh gosh, when I was in college, I didn't talk a lot at all. And, but I was, when I became a lobbyist, I had to start talking more. And John gave me this wonderful book and it, it makes the point, um, just what you're saying, give the other person the floor, feel interested in the person. And now when I, because I used that book early on, there's always something that you can talk to someone about. Um, their, what do they do? Um, how did they get to the event? Um, what makes them happy? What brings them joy? I, just things that, questions that come out that are really, do you listen or do you speak more? Just yeah. to start a conversation. And you, we know that people love to talk about, not only about themselves, but they love to talk about um, something that will give them a platform and will begin a conversation, something that's very, very, very interesting. You know, we sometimes when I get stuck, I will say, boy, it's really cold today, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And then we begin. That's such a bizarre go-to for you, considering you live in you live in California. I, I know I can use that one, uh, and I I also just need to say on um, to ex- that, to expand on what you just said. You want to test, you know, you want to put yourself through a test as to whether or not I'm going to say you're an asshole or not. That's, that's not the great way, but I'm going to say actually check if you if you. If you are asking people these questions and you check that there's no part of you which is interested, then that that's a sign oh, that you yeah. need to go and work on your um, empathy. Listening. You need to go and work mm-hmm. oh, on and your... Oh, and empathy and compassion. And yes. compassion, yeah. Because if, <laughs> yes. if you genuinely cannot find a place within you that does not care what the other person is about to say, or when you ask the question, you don't find a genuine shred of interest in what they're going to say... Uh, you're going to find yourself with not many people to talk to soon. That That's going to be one of my yeah. asshole tests. I, and, and to myself as well. Like to check, well, gosh, if, it, if I'm in a point where I am just <laughs> rolling, <laughs> um, then then I need to go and uh, I, need, I need to hit my meditation cushion um, with yeah. a bit more consciousness tomorrow. And I'll say it this way, um, that there is always an opportunity to grow and expand. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, Karen, thank you so much for this John, conversation. I would yes, love, yes. I, I wish there was some way that we could run, there must be something we can run this through because I want to figure out who spoke and who listened more on this, <laughs> <laughs> on this episode. That's funny. Well, um, my intention is to continue to listen more. Mm-hmm. That's my intention. 
Thank you so much. We will be back next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.